Welcome back to Kumba Hineni, a podcast on intersectionality, more than skin deep. I'm your host, Enzi. And again, y'all, as you see, um, well, you can't see because you can't see me. But <laughs> we got Greg Higgins here again with us this week and um, really excited to just talk about joy, talk about black joy um, and really, you know, just kind of review this month. This has been a really exciting month, I think. Uh, I always love being black, obviously, because I talk about that a lot. And this month was one of those months that was exciting to be black, um, even the Super Bowl. So um, welcome again, Gray. I'm very excited to have you and, you know, just talk about black joy. Man, I'm excited to be here. And I think like to that point about this past month, it's been such a, a place of particularly kind of that black excellence kind of mm. black, right? And I think like there's so many different kinds of, of expressions, but man, it's definitely been just a month of just like loving to see black folks win right yes. now. Like yes. That kind of celebratory black excellence kind of joy just feels so big right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the, you know, you, you talk about winning. So I'm just going <laughs> to right talk a little bit about the Super Bowl because, uh, you know, I'm a huge Kansas City fan. I typically don't talk about the, the name of the team um, because I, I believe it needs to change. We were the Kansas City Kings as a basketball team. Kansas City Kings makes sense. Um, at the bare minimum, I would love for us to change our um, logo and our stadium name. Um, there's I'm going to name this on air because people get really confused. Our mascot is a wolf, so there's nothing wrong with the Kansas City mascot. Um, and as we have conversations, it's important to know that because as we're pushing for change, we got to know what we're talking about. And so it, I would love to have conversations with people about the name change and about a stadium name change. But it gets really awkward having conversations about <laughs> a, uh, a mascot change. But so all of that to say, if you don't watch sports, if you don't watch Super Bowl, this week, Kansas City Chiefs won um, the 57th Super Bowl. This Super Bowl was very unique, though. We had two black quarterbacks for the first time in the history of the Super Bowl playing against each other in the Super Bowl. And that was just incredible. Um, of course, my guy, Patrick Mahomes, won, had an incredible year. And he also was the first quarterback since 1999 to win the MVP for the season as well as the Super Bowl MVP in the same year, which means a lot, right? Because Tom Brady was not playing in 1999. Um, and so I just want to name that, that he has done something that a lot of people have not done in a while. Um, and he is just going to continue, just keeping on making um, raise, but also open up the door uh, for even more and more black quarterbacks to be known and seen because when it comes to leadership in, in football, we don't always get the same um, opportunities. Uh, Bellini, who is the offensive quarterback for the Chiefs, is a black man. He, you know, he may be moving up, hopefully, but right now he doesn't have anything. The offensive quarter, uh, coach and the defensive coach on the losing team, they just got two head coach jobs. Meanwhile, the Chiefs offensive coordinator has won two Super Bowls in four years. Um, why am I naming this? Because of the excitement really around um, Patrick Mahomes and the things that he's doing. Because when I watch the way which people are talking about him, it is unique. It is not saying, oh, what records can he get? How can he pass these things? It is, we have never seen anything like this boy. Nothing like it before. 
and this is exciting. It's an exciting time to be watching and observing um, sports. And for me, I'm not going to lie. I'm 39. I've spent 39 years of my life, um, 34 years of my life rooting for a team that was not winning. And so uh, when you win, it feels amazing and it is um, exciting. And also, we are excellent even when we're not winning. I want to talk a little bit about Jalen Hurts. Um, and I, I know I haven't talked a lot about sports on here, but Jalen Hurts, at the end of the football game on, on Sunday at Super Bowl, all I could say is, man, that was an incredible game. I have never seen a quarterback play like that. He made one major mistake, which was a fumble. That's a huge mistake. And he had three rushing touchdowns, four touchdowns in total. He outplayed anyone else <laughs> that I've seen in a long time. Um, and that was just incredible. Um, I'm going to name one more thing about excellency and, and, and integrity because there was a play at the end of the game um, that a foul was, I mean, uh, this isn't basketball, um, <laughs> but there was, a, there was a penalty at the end of the game and um, a holding was called. Um, and the, the player, I could give you all the names, but that don't matter. The player that did the holding was a black um, player. And at the end of the game, I was really impressed because folks um, saw that play as controversial and he said, I did it. I tugged on his shoulder. I mean, I tugged on his, his jersey and I hoped it wouldn't have mattered. I'm bringing that up because that's integrity. That's, that's excellence. And we tend to highlight when our athletes are cocky or when they're doing other things. But I want to highlight that, that that was incredible, that he said, nah, I, I, I did that. Um, it was wrong, <laughs> but I hoped it was slide. And so naming that piece was just, just exciting. Um, there's a lot that happened this month. And so I'm not going to keep talking because I could. And so I would love, uh, I, I, one of the biggest things, you know, a couple of years ago, before the pandemic, I said to myself, I'm going to go to a Beyonce concert, but I don't have $250 <laughs> to go to the concert. And, and, or I don't want to spoil $250 to go to the concert. I'm going to stop there, Greg, <laughs> let you take it from there because, yeah. You know, I also was very excited about the Super Bowl and for slightly different reasons. I, I don't, I'm not the biggest sports person. So, you know, when we talk about this, I was like, yeah, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, the sports part was very cute. There was a very exciting moments. I could tell that it was really good football. <laughs> like, otherwise, I don't have a lot to say. Uh, but, you know, I think there's so much in there, though, about like just the totality of like, Black excellence in a way that has set a tone for the country about what cultural excellence looks like, about what uh, I also hear you talking about in terms of like excellence of skill and commitment and integrity and way of being, right? And all different ways of, of that kind of shining Black excellence and joyfulness in it as well, right? And thinking about the you know, uh, listening to and watching Cheryl Lee Ralph sing Lift Every Voice and Sing at the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. And both the, the joyfulness of that moment to hear that song in this context. And as you mentioned, to have two Black quarterbacks, to have all these moments of history and not, and all of us ain't got to love football. All of us ain't got to love but to be sitting in the becoming part of that history in a very exciting way, 
And also for me to be thinking about like people's careers, you know, in a, in a different kind of way. <laughs> I'm thinking about, you know, like Cheryl Lee Ralph, thinking about her from, you know, Moesha to, to Abbott Elementary, right? And so there's this element too of, of watching some of that growing up that we get to do with folks and not in an overly like parasocial kind of relating way. I see a lot of stuff online right now about kind of para, parasocial relationships and stuff. Can you say a little bit about what you mean by that? It's kind of, you know, like a one-sided kind of relationships. Oftentimes people have crushes and fandoms, uh, you know, relationships with celebrities, stuff like that. That's a, that's a, I think a very real way of many of us experience relationship in, in many ways. Uh, and brings a lot to our, our lives. And I think, sure, some of that's happening, but I think even in just that part, right? When I think about, um, you know, I'm of an age where Brandy, you know, used to be sitting on top of the world, top of the world. <laughs> and, and to see Shirley Ralph's like career transforming his way from, from being uh, D, from being uh, uh, the stepmom on that show, <laughs> Uh, to to all the the celebration and excellence of Abbott Elementary, right, um, is in the just the the love that very clearly shines through in that both for the craft and for the work and also for Black folk. And there's been something so big, I think, right now, and that's been so much of the excitement to me about Black Joy is it feels like kind of it's it's the kind of excellence that loves Black folks back, right? Like I think about. Uh, Rihanna's halftime show, right? Like there was a lot of energy and I definitely was one of those people who was like, what is she going to do? Like what? I, she- I, I'm going to be real, y'all. I don't, I watch Super Bowl games. I don't watch the halftime show. I use the commercials and the halftime as an opportunity to take care of my business. And I watched this entire halftime show, which meant that I had less time to do other things. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was great. And some of it was, it was a mix of the beauty of being unbothered, mm-hmm. the, the like showing up and being fully herself. And, you know, like she was kind of, she was hinting at it before and they're like, are there going to be any special guests? And she was like, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> a guest, you know, to be sitting there and that being like with all these other people being like, oh my God, is this baby number two? Like, are we making an announcement? You know what I mean? The energy, like I, it. It felt good to watch. And I was sitting there holding my little, I was holding my three-month-old uh, nephew while watching it too, right? It's and just beautiful. like, yes, he's falling asleep. There was something about that energy. She was fearless. Like, yes. like I, I cannot get up on heights like that. Come on. And not if I'm pregnant, for sure, for sure, can't do that. Nope, nope, nope. Right? But again, there was something about like, there was the love that that to me came out in that excellence, both like deeply that love of, and that for me is some of that like unbothered energy, right? Mm-hmm. Like giving, of like just giving and also, but like, nah, keeping some of it for herself, for her own well-being, the well-being of, 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 you know, the life that she's holding. Uh, and also, yes, being very daring and like giving the people something to look at. Like, <laughs> Isn't that, you, you know, I realized maybe I was excited because Rihanna hasn't done anything in a long time, which means that I'm not behind any, anything. Right? Like, and right, isn't that that in many ways she gave the people what we needed or wanted or was looking for at the moment? Yes. Said, I need to take care of myself and did whatever she needed. And not that it was a public announcement like many people do, but it's, it's I need to take care of myself. That's I'm going to have kids. I'm not going to have any shame, which is huge, right? Like, Yes. I did the math and realized that she's younger than, than I am. And that's cool because still I'm going to put her in my generation. 
mm-hmm. and say that like growing up a black woman in that time um and having regardless of how old like having kids and being able to do that with with pride and not have any shame about showing that like that is just that's beautiful that's all i'm gonna say is that that is beautiful amen amen and it's something about you know the beauty when you talk about uh I, just and i and i don't i'm almost i'm resistant to to talking about kind of the the like backlash mm-hmm. and the things kind of the response uh, you know sometimes and, and thinking about the ways kind of part of how anti-black racism functions like the response and reactivity to black excellence and black joy and black uh, beauty making and being and uh black autonomy and self-authorship in that kind of way right um but also again the persistence that we have in the face of all of that and that's part of i think what feels so good like you're saying about this past month it's that the persistence through it right Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, you know, we're sitting there talking about Black joy and Black excellence. And, you know, we were discussing beforehand, like, inevitably, we'll t- end up talking about music, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. We're definitely going to talk about music, too. Of course, you know, Beyonce. Got yeah. Oh, so Beyonce is on tour. If you didn't yeah. know yet, Beyonce is on tour. And, uh, and up until just now, I mean, we actually don't have to take any of that. You heard part of the conversation. Um, Beyonce's tickets went up i mean for a long time up until just now all the tickets i looked at was two 250 for nosebleed tickets there's tickets that's 1200 dollars um and, and naming that because um she did it right like it it's not accessible to many of us and she was like i'm gonna keep stacking for my kids i'm gonna keep building for the future um, I have a lot of thoughts about capitalism, but she's doing what she said she was going to do. And she is building for the future because white artists do that stuff all the time. Their prices go skyrocketing and we don't think about it. And so like the, the I mean, not just like, how much was Michael Jackson's tickets at some point? Like if we're thinking about the time period and everything else, like I, I have no clue, but watching the, whatever. So naming that like in some ways, um, She's she's doing that and she's um being successful and which also has us, you know, we have to name that sometimes when our um when we have the black excellence and some folks being successful, that also means that they become less accessible to other black folks. Mm-hmm. And that is just um just a thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Greg, go ahead. No, no, I think I think there's there's both something to be said about, you know, like, yeah, black capitalism is what it is and will not save us either. And the things and choices and paradigms people have to buy into and and internalize in order to be successful and all that kind of stuff. And there's always to me some about and we still get to have joy, damn it. Like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, we can we can think peace, we can critique, we can all of that. And also. When single ladies come on, like, nah, uh, 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 like we, it's on, you know, I don't, yeah. love on top is love on top. Like you will not break my soul. And, like I don't. And we can also, right, like we, a little, a little, like both and, like we can sit in the whatever of it and still move forward. We can't uh-huh. completely dismiss capitalism and ask for our 40 acres and a mule. Yes. 
that's I, anyhow. Sorry, that's just I, I just don't know how we could do that. I think the 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 point for me is I think I'm trying to take some of the challenge right now, and maybe this is I'm trying to get I'm trying to get ahead of a dar right. So also we have this blessing of uh, being in a multiplicity of time. Right, kind of in the American calendar right now, we're in Black History Month or Black Futures Month, uh, and you can orient in many, many directions, you know, and in the uh, Jewish construction of time, we're coming soon into the month of Adar, the month of joy, right? But Talmud says, when Adar enters, increase joy. And so I'm trying to, I think, be a little bit in some of like that invitational uh, practice of staying in the place of uh no, actually, like there just is joy there. Like there's a whole, there's gonna be a whole lot of capitalism happening on StubHub and Ticketmaster and SeatGeek and all of that, and all the stadiums all around the world, all of it. And there's also just a, a, a joy that cannot be quantified, mm -hmm. that cannot actually be commodified in that way, right? And and you know. What I want to name is is thinking about how we shame people for not putting a dollar sign on what joy looks like. I'm just thinking about so many groups of black women right now who are excited and putting their money together so someone could get the ticket so they could have their little girl not little girls outing. So they can have the girls outing. Like like and I can also right envision one or two of their friends being like, Why are y'all spending money on that? You gotta do this and you gotta do that. Um and naming the beauty sometimes in the ability to just experience joy without restrictions, the ability to um, to exist and yes. to be and to ex and to celebrate is is just important. There is no dollar sign on that. There is no um, it, those improves the quality of our life, and it's just so just important. That's that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, there's something about like those words persist, exist, and celebrate that feels so crucial when I think about like black joy and that idea of black joy, right? And in one way, it, it takes me back to like not just the ways that like black joy is an antidote to racism or anti black racism, like, yes, those things absolutely. And I firmly believe like black joy and the ability of black folks to insist on our joy, to nurture it, to cultivate it, to claim it uh, individually, collectively, generation after generation, and still actually be generous and bring it to the world. And yes, in moments, some folks have been able to, you know, utilize capitalism in a way to, you know, gain great amounts of, of money and all that uh, activity. Uh, but also that part of of the generosity of of sharing being of sharing artistic expression or understanding that our joy is crucial to our ability to exist and persist that and to thrive are, and to thrive right part of the process of transforming for from from people who have been forcibly transformed into uh, chattel into commodity. Right, the reclamation of life in many ways has like required us to to cultivate those kind of mm -hmm. uh, joy practices. Right, I even think going back to just even again lift every voice and sing. You know, it's mm -hmm. commonly you know referred to for folks who might not know is is the the national black anthem is what we called it. Now, first off, there is no national no nation called black. Uh, well, there is not a literal national anthem. It is uh, it is an offering that was written. 
uh, by a civil rights activist, activist and leader of the NAACP, James Weldon Johnson, uh, around the turn of the century um, in response to the Plessy- Let's be clear, when we say the turn of the century, we're not the, talking about the turn of the 21st century, like I often talk about. We're talking <laughs> about the turn of the 20th century. For those who don't know, that is the 1900s. Okay, go ahead, Greg. Yes, sorry. 1896, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled in Plessy versus Ferguson. They upheld the separate but equal uh, clause in support of segregation. It's widely considered since that time as one of the worst uh, Supreme Court decisions in, in history. Uh, but again, just noting that the Supreme Court of the United States of America in 1896 upheld that separate but equal was uh, constitutionally legal and that you could legally separate Black folks from uh, white folks and that the conditions of that separation had no bearing whatsoever on their, on their constitutionality. So in response to that uh, and imagining what that must have felt like to a people who were not, you know, more than one or two generations directly from uh, the experience of chattel slavery, you know, are kind of at the tail end of and are seeing the rollback of Reconstruction, which is, you know, the period of uh, actually a great amount of not just Black cultural development, but Black land ownership. And uh, it's probably the, the, the greatest, we're never going to be at, maybe we will. It is the greatest time in the history of America for Black people. It, I, we we have not come back to that time period, which is yeah. saying a lot. And to say again that that is directly in the years uh, following the end of slavery. Now here we are, it is 2023. And yes, you look at many of the material conditions and we are not far from that. The advances have not been made. And come again, come in and fill in the role of black culture, black art, black joy, black music making, black excellence in those kinds of ways, right? The lyrics of the song, again, offered at that time as uh, again, a reaffirmation of direction and people, right? The, the lyrics, you know, sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Mm -hmm. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a recognition always of the place that we have come from and that mm -hmm. our present existence is evidence enough uh, that we should have hope and that actually mm -hmm. time keeps moving for and that there actually is joy in that joy in the being right now and joy in the in the victory or they shall be and there's wisdom in that like like I, we started off talking about the super bowl the chiefs were down 14 to 24 at halftime mahomes been into halftime was like y'all are not having fun we need to have fun we need to do this with joy because otherwise it's not worth doing half was very different he literally almost had a perfect half, had the highest uh, rating in period. Um, but just naming like that joy to bring about victory is also just, um, yes, just insp inspirational, I think. Yes. And just even holding that we get to have joy. I think particularly, you know, as people who do movement work and can get really kind of locked into consequences of it all and the urgency for change and the weight and reality of history and I certainly hold for myself just the realities of like you know kind of our our uh uh potential life uh expectancy even alone just by virtue of of certain things is less than mm -hmm. uh, 
what is possible in this country. And hell, we might live and and blessed that we do to 120. Amen. Right. And there's something about like the pursuit and practice of, of joy, even holding again uh, that dark past and the realities of present um, and the unknown possibilities of the future, being able to hold in that place of like, while I'm here, I shall be joyful, you know? And I think about, um, you know, I, I, I think about uh, Tyree Nichols of Blessed Memory now. And every description I hear or I read about him, about his family, uh, that his family describes him and friends describe him, always one of the first you, words they use is joyful mm -hmm, mm -hmm. over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. Or I think about, uh, you know, I got a chance to be in D.C. a couple of weeks ago and spent the day at the African-American History and Culture Museum. Mm -hmm. And there's a piece there, uh, a portrait of Breonna Taylor, also of blessed memory. And there's a, a timeline that is like narrated by her mother that talks about her life, right? And the joyfulness of who she was. Mm -hmm. And I keep coming back to that in some ways as a reminder and grounding of this world is set up to take a lot from us. Mm -hmm. And this world is set up in many ways to keep us from our power. And that also looks like keeping us from our joy and our celebration. And like, how do we hold all of that in-between space as people who are still uh, living and in the project, even as we're trying to figure out how to make it better, even as we're trying to deal with the complications of, I don't know, hell, what does it mean to be a Beyonce fan and like want to go to the concert and think about all the consequences of capitalism or, you know, being a Kansas City Chiefs fan and even the caveat of the, the mascot is a, is a wolf and, and well, all the, and the mascot is fine, but the the the, yeah. the stadium's name is not yes, fine. yes. But I mean, like again, yeah. being in that place of like all the caveats of you know, some of like I don't know what it's always meant to be a person, but also what it means to be a person right now when we're both in the process of becoming better than who we've been and some of that means like having to wrestle and interrogate uh and learn and commit to new ways of being that are not perpetuating old things listening to young people right like there are ways in which you know a generation above us <laughs> should be listening and in order to change and there are ways that we <laughs> have to be observing and watching and listening to those because they, they see sometimes that things we don't see and um just just want to add that name that yes yes no absolutely we didn't get to talk about um viola davis uh i don't know why my mind went like yeah i don't watch a lot of tv i'm just gonna name that um and, and so yeah but let's let's talk about viola davis a little bit if, if you're open to that could we also just talk about another like just career and master class in excellence uh in craft first and foremost and uh like excellence in just insistence on uh authenticity uh, as as much as one can can be authentic in public life and uh and grace and persistence yes yes, like, yes. <laughs> what, uh, yes. what do we want to talk about when we talk about viola day what do yeah, we yeah yeah no no so so yeah i'm gonna so 
Viola Davis um, is among a very small list of people. Um, and that is a list of ego winners. Um, and I'm just gonna tell you what that means. And I could be not doing the pronunciation of the thing right. But anyhow, ego is an acronym for the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Awards. Um, and so this February, um, I believe Viola Davis won a Grammy Award um, for a, I believe she won a Grammy Award, which made her um, one of the ego winners. What I would name, if you look at, I'm not gonna name the whole list, but if you look at the list, it is incredible with the amount of black folks on that list compared to the amount of, um, just compared to population and stuff. It's really exciting to, to see. She's the 18th person in history to achieve this status. And it was, she won a Grammy Award, uh, this past Grammy Award uh, show for her audio book, which was a memoir. Um, she won a Tony Award in 2001 uh, for a supporting role in the play King Hedley II. She has a, won a second Tony Award in 2010 for a leading role in Fences in the, the Broadway revival of Fences. Um, I didn't realize, how did I miss that? Sorry. The, the, the Broadway uh, show or the film? The, the, I didn't know that the movie came out either. The Broadway show, that's what I'm referring to. Yeah, that's, 20, yeah. That's in, in 2016, cool. she and oh, you got to see Fences, man. In 2016, she and uh, Denzel did the film version of Fences. I'm going to have to, August Wilson is one of my favorite playwrights um, of all time. So that's, um, that's just it. It's very tender. Um, in 2015, she became the first person of color to win the Emmy for Best Lead Actress in a Drama for How to Get Away with Murder. And in 2016, she won Best Supporting Actress and an Oscar for Fences. Um, mm -hmm. Excellent. That's, that's, that's just, um, you can keep going. Go ahead if you want to keep. I, I, I love... Just, uplifting black women is fun so yes and she she there are four other to your to your point earlier there are four other black performers who uh are egots uh will be goldberg john legend and jennifer hudson mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah which is just 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 yeah mm -hmm. just exciting that's that's what i would say it's just really just exciting just excellent to be able to watch and observe to be able to like when I was a little girl, we had Holly Berry. Mm -hmm. And the only reason why we had Holly Berry, I mean, that, 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 that's, that's what we had. We had Storm, who they made clear that Storm was black, which I suppose is the same. It's probably why I saw Holly Berry, but there was no real, I cannot remember when it comes to um, things that wasn't seen. Like, we didn't have a lot of people to look up to. We didn't have a lot like we we are constantly in the process of making history and so i get excited when we are um beyond that time like like i get excited when folks have to think about oh we don't have to think about who the first was because that's not a question anymore yeah. um, or that it's not seen as a big deal because it's we are a part of um uh i'm gonna stop there because i'm not the biggest fan of uh uh Assimilation, so I'm not gonna 
assimilation in any way. Um, but it, it, we can say a lot of things, and this is the thing, and this is, and here's the thing, y'all. First off, I really hope that you're not just celebrating Black excellence during the month of February. We already know it's the shortest month of the year, but also excellence, joy, all that stuff can be celebrated all the time. Um, it makes it makes a difference, but also asking yourself particularly, uh, you know, this was a particular question I'm going to actually ask the Black men because we don't take the time to ask or answer this question, but what is bringing you joy? um in this moment and yes clearly i would love for everyone to answer that question and we want to just continue to be uplifting continue to be exciting um as we enter into different times yeah march is, is women's history month and and as we talk about black joy maybe you could spend some time in march really digging into and, and uplifting and looking into the women um the black women and the ways in which they um, exude joy oftentimes. Um, they as in whoever you're looking into, not they as in the collective. Um, but just want to really, uh, you know, name that and, and name how do we learn and, and understand and explore and, and just open up our possibilities. Um, any Before we, we get done, anything, Craig, that you want to add in to this? Uh, episode about black excellence black joy any of that jazz you know i really like music and uh, there's so much about the expression of joy that just comes through people's voices and i particularly you know i love gospel music and i love r&b and to me those just feel like big black joyful genres of music and I've just been thinking about today about how much I love like a song with just a stunning run. You know, like there's just, whether it's Beyonce's Plastic Off the Sofa or uh, Aaliyah's I Care For You or this uh, Coco Jones song, I See You. Just there's something about the the control and beauty and the offering of the gift of voice in that way that always carries and expresses so much uh, history. Uh, and oftentimes that kind of like pain and the come through of it. And you know, as they say, like, thank God I don't I don't look like what I've been through. There's also something about like, thank God I, I, I sound like the transformation of, of pain into joy. Um, and I think about like in that spirit of kind of time moving forward, just again to come back into we'll be coming into the, the Jewish month of Adar, right? And there's many ways in, in that time in which both joy feels very present and accessible, kind of even in the structure of the calendar and the kind of coming into spring in many places, but also the ways in which uh, joy is still hidden, kind of like uh, seeds that are uh, not quite ready to, to sprout. And so I think about kind of the the runs in 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 that way the kind of vocal runs that get present as we transfer them moving forward kind of through the the month of joy uh and may we find it in all the the big and small but beautiful ways that it can come to us amen amen to that um gray thank you so much again for joining me on this show on this air 
um, I always enjoy being with you and, and it's just a time full of joy um, for me always. Always. Um, so thank you again y'all for listening to this episode this is NZ Vakuba Hineni a podcast on intersectionality more than skin deep until next time Kumba Hineni a podcast on intersectionality more than just skin deep is a part of the Jew Folk Podcast Network a product of Jew Folk Inc you can email the show at podcast at tcjewfolk.com for more information go to tcjewfolk.com slash podcast